Welcome. You're listening to Value Add with Lars Coburn, bringing conversations and reflections that add value to your life. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Last month, I did a short podcast on humility, a personal reflection on a spiritual discipline. And this month, same thing. We're, we're looking at gratitude. And then next month, we'll look at simplicity. And so I hope that these are a blessing to your life as you reflect and think about uh, your spiritual life and how you become more like Jesus. I begin with some passages of scripture that I'm working to memorize. Hope you're blessed. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. During those days, another large crowd gathered. And since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have come from a long distance. His disciples answered, Where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied, and afterward the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. As Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not eat of this bread or drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. 
And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of this glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders and make the most of every opportunity by letting your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory. Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, 
He has given us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So gratitude is the discipline that we are looking at today. And scripture makes a compelling case for gratitude. It is in these passages that we find uh, that the beginning of our worship, that the focus of why we can do things, even the focus of our writing becomes what we're thankful for. Paul, following probably in the pattern of the Greek uh, letters, uh, follows and he reappropriates kind of the way that they would write. They would start with an introduction of who it is that's writing. So I, Paul, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given his, his uh, who he is and why he's important. Well, because he's not important because of any human standards, but because he's a servant of Jesus Christ. To who? Who is it to? And then the uh, Greek letter form would then have a thanksgiving to the gods. And then after that, the body of the letter, finally a conclusion. And Paul says, you know what? I can do this. I can write in this way because we have so much to be thankful for, for God. Uh, what he's done for Jesus and who he is and how he's been thankful. You know, I, I'm standing at my desk and as I'm looking at this uh, jar that's on my desk and takes up a good size because it's, it's large, I opened uh, it this morning and pulled out a word of encouragement from my wife. It says, you are my rock and encourager and I'm thankful for you. Uh, Shmiley, which is our cool code word uh, we're following. Uh, see how much I love you. And as I pulled this note out, I was encouraged because she's thankful for me. And this is the words of Paul, right? He's thankful to God for the people in his life. And as I, I look at this um, from a perspective of a leader and a pastor and an influencer, and I read some things about gratitude, I was impressed to find uh, this from Mark Branson. He said that gratitude and wisdom are intertwined. And he talks about a leadership team. If a leadership team is to lead with insight and wisdom, it must have the capacities and skills to discern the specificities of God's grace among a people in the midst of activities given a certain context. Gratefulness is a characteristic that can be developed through practices. He calls these practices habits of attentiveness, prayer, conversation, query, numerous aspects of relationships, and management. Gratefulness is not just a personality trait. It is a way of knowing, and it is a choice. We need to realize that gratitude is not just something that happens to us as Christians, but it is a choice we need to make. It is something we need to cultivate. Henry Nouwen says gratitude uh, as a discipline involves a conscious choice. I can choose to be grateful even when my emotions and feelings are still steeped in hurt and resentment. It is amazing how many occasions present themselves in which I can choose gratitude instead of a complaint. The choice for gratitude rarely comes without a real effort. But each time I make it, the next choice is a little easier, a little freer, a little less self-conscious. So, how do we develop this gratitude? Well, uh, the scriptures seem to say that it's something that flows out of us as we share meals. Jesus gathers a crowd and he gives thanks. You know, it used to be said that around the dinner table, uh, someone might say grace or who would like to give thanks for the meal. 
And while I've kind of adopted the language of prayer, who would like to pray? And I've talked about prayer probably in other settings where I've mentioned that my cook often uh, gave us great insight into this when we lived in Vietnam. She would make our meal and, uh, and then bring it out. And as we sat down to the dinner table and hold, holding hands, we would then pray. And one time, she was kind of a talkative lady. She was there and she was visiting with us after she had set the table. And for some reason, she was still there, even though my mom had said, please, you know, you need to finish work by 4 p.m. and get home and be with your family. And, and she was still there for some reason around 5 o'clock when my dad got home and we were sat down at the dinner table. And she said, um, as she was leaving after kind of obviously overstaying her welcome and visiting with my mom, she said, okay, you can talk over your food now. And that was her perception of prayer, right? But I would have much rather her perception not just be that we talk over our food, but that we are thankful for our food. And as I've grown older and at times become accustomed and been in situations where we have not prayed for food at different times, I've realized that it is really, really important for the very basic necessities that I be thankful for them. And you know what? It, maybe I don't have time to pray a prayer uh, interceding for all of my friends or um, you know, talking to God about all the worries and anxieties in my life. But I do have time to turn and to say, God, you, you are my rock and encourager, and I am thankful for you. It is an interesting thing that the question, how do I become more like Jesus, continues to come up and be probably the most central question in the Christian life. What do I have to do? Um, Michael Zigarelli, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, writes, what can I do to develop authentic Christian character, to be patient and kind, to have joy and inner peace, to be gentle, compassionate, self-controlled, and forgiving? What can I do to truly care about people and to love them as God does? How can I finally and permanently become a better person than I am today? And he says, you know what? You can do that with gratitude. He actually found by studying 5,000 Christians and their attributes and things, he studied uh, the gold medalists. He, he studied the people who distinguished um, themselves from just the regular Christians, the good people, and he studied the people on the next level. What was the thing that distinguished them? He called them high virtue Christians versus just average virtue Christians. He thought there was going to be some other things. Um, he thought it might be rest, you know, but it actually uh, stood out above the rest was gratitude. The thing that stood out between these people was gratitude. And so he, he said, okay, well, what what is going on with this idea that Maybe perhaps gratitude is this pathway to permanent change. Well, gratitude is po positively related to such critical outcomes as life satisfaction, vitality, happiness, optimism, hope, empathy, and the willingness to provide emotional and tangible support for other people, while being negatively related to anxiety, depression, and overall disposition. Now, if that doesn't convince you to... Uh, identify gratitude as something you need to do. Uh, he goes on to even say, 
that these high virtue Christians have mastered the art of maintaining a grateful disposition. Um, it's actually become simply part of who they are rather than being something they sporadically or um, do on occasion to develop, uh, to refresh themselves. So it's not something they just go and do. It's actually something that is who they are. Um, in, a, in a sentence, he says, they think differently from the way many of us think. Um, and, and I think that's important. So how did they develop this way? Um, he, he describes it as possibly a parent virtue, that it's the parent virtue that brings out all these other virtues. And that, I think that's a great uh, advocacy for developing gratitude. But how did they get there? How did they get to this spot where they grow, uh, grew gratitude in their life? Well, um, he says there's a few things that are key markers. One of them he found was that they, uh, gratitude is related to having fewer worldly possessions, worldly goods. And so that, that's definitely something important. Um, and it was interesting that by far the most grateful group in his study identified themselves as black, um, given the general, given generally that they were lower socioeconomic status, um, this is an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing that they actually didn't have as much material possessions and it drove them and sustained them to have a grateful heart. So um, I think there's something to that, that we need to have proper perspective um, on, on gratitude and on our life and what life is really about. So he, he makes some uh, practical recommendations. Um, he says that you should grow gratitude through keeping a gratitude journal. He says that you should grow gratitude through uh, disciplines of periodic fasting and confession of sin. Uh, so nothing radically new here, but uh, some good ones. Uh, you should grow gratitude by habitually praying for the poor. Uh, back to that perspective one. Um, the study found that people who remembered the poor in their prayer uh, tended to, to be more attuned to the ways that they, um, their plight and, uh, and also how they participated in in bringing people out of poverty as well as being grateful for the things that they have, uh, such as running water, clean water, drinking water, those kind of things. You should grow gratitude uh, by creatively developing your own habits. One of his crazy habits is just picking a random number. Uh, he says that uh, he found Proverbs 5, uh, 18, which says rejoice in the wife of your youth. And so uh, he, whenever he sees the numbers 518 on an alarm clock, on a license plate, whatever it is, he's thankful for his wife. So uh, you could develop a habit that's kind of interesting like that, finding unique ways, picking certain things that make you and cause you to be thankful. Um, so as we do this, um, we don't want to just have a program where we go and be grateful some of the time, but it's actually that we want to engage in this gratitude growth program in tandem with the way in which we are growing uh, our whole life in Christ-likeness, to be, become more God-centered. And so this would not just be something we do for a season, but it's actually something that becomes a, a regular part of our everyday life. So for myself, um, I, I've tried a few of these things. Uh, I've tried to adopt a little bit of the uh, in having less material goods. Uh, one of the things that uh, we'll talk about next month is simplicity 
and I kind of link these all three together that in many ways gratitude is how you continue to live a humble life and humility is the goal right that's the what we talked about last month is Jesus lived a humble life this is the message of the Christian gospel is that God uh, became human and Jesus died on the cross uh, he humbled himself and made himself obedient even to death and therefore God exalted him to the highest place and so we cultivate a lifestyle of humility through gratitude being thankful to God that keeps us from developing false humility and gratitude is best supported through a lifestyle of simplicity so um, one of the things that I've found is that we need to not be in a rush and we'll talk a lot more about this in the simplicity podcast but as I think about my life, to have and cultivate gratitude, I can't be in a rush to get places. I can't be in a rush or a hurry to get done with certain projects or, um, or habits um, or just done with my day. In order to be really, truly thankful, I need to be able to sit in silence and do some things that take a long time. One of the things that I've, has helped me the most is practicing the examine. The examine centers around reviewing your day with thanksgiving and talking to God about your feelings and about your day. Uh, one succinct way to talk about the examine is that it's five steps. These simple five steps are ask for grace. So you calm your mind, you call the presence of God uh, into view. And so you just sit in silence, often focusing on breathing. And you're just there and you recognize God. I'm your beloved. Speak to me. Then two, you, you look for blessings or you review your day in Thanksgiving is the way I like to talk about it. And so you reflect back over your day. You just start and you say, what, what in the moments of your day are you thankful for? Where did you see God? And you thank God for each of them, each of the blessings that you had in your day. Maybe it's people, conversations, experiences. And like I said, the examine is, uh, is these five simple steps. You can use them for a daily reflection. Uh, some people call it a 12-hour reflection, a 24-hour reflection, a week reflection, a month reflection, and a year reflection. You can do them at different levels. Um, then number three is you want to pay attention to your feelings. And so you work back through your day, once again, noticing all the different feelings. Uh, you kind of pay attention to your emotions. Were you happy? Were you sad? Uh, were you angry? Were you afraid? Um, maybe you didn't like those feelings. Maybe you did. You just got to express them to God. And then number four is you want to focus on something significant. So it might be a positive feeling, a negative feeling. It might be a positive and a negative. Um, and you talk it over with the Lord. So this is where you get really specific. And then um, you rest in God's presence as you look forward to tomorrow with hope. And you look over the plans for your days ahead, your next uh, 12 hour, 24 hours, week, year, uh, month here, um, something like that, and you and you ask God for the grace to be thankful um, for what's going to happen, what's ahead. What are the things you want to hold on to from today, what's happened as you reflected, and what do you want to let go of? What do you need more of and what do you need less of in your life? And, uh, and then you commit uh, to uh, having another examine at the next appointed time. And I, I find it really, really helpful uh, to listen to a guided audio uh, version of the examine. And so I use uh, the Pray As You Go app, as well as I use um, a new liturgy uh, 
um, which is uh, an audio version that you have to pay for. Uh, the new, the praise you go is free, but there's a something on Bandcamp, and that'll be in the show notes if you'd like to uh, look at that one. And you can listen to it on Bandcamp for free, but if you wanted to download it for offline listening, uh, you, you have to make a small donation. But I've found that one really helpful. They have a 10-minute version and a 30-minute version with music and worship music. So as you think about cultivating gratitude as a lifestyle, um, something that you do not just over food, but I think that's why I highlighted passages in here about food uh, and communion being the climax, right? As Jesus and his disciples share, Jesus says, he gave thanks for the bread, broke it and gave it to them, take, eat, this is my body. And so as we Christians remember the body of Jesus Christ, as we eat food, We're to give thanks to God for it and remember the body and blood of Jesus. And that gives us the victory, right, that Paul says, that death and sin and law, no more. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we can then be centered in this identity that we are God's beloved because of what God has done for us in Jesus. And so gratitude becomes this place uh, that sustains the life of humility. And so I'm just going to encourage you that in everything you do, create a habit, create a way in which you're thankful. As you avoid being dissatisfied or frustrated or complaints, as you avoid those things uh, for some time, Replace that with thanksgiving, and you'll find that as you develop and cultivate this habit and this choice, this conscious choice, as Henry Nouwen says, it's going to be a little bit easier. You're going to be a little bit freer to think less self-consciously about yourself, about the choice that you're making to uh, be grateful, and it will just become your natural response. And so in this way, I really do think it's important that you not only uh, think your way into a better way of acting, but in this sense, actually act your way into a better way of thinking. That as you practice gratitude, practice saying, thanks be to God. Thank you, God, for this food. I'm thankful for this person. Uh, As you practice those ways, then complaining and frustration and anxiety will actually drift away and you will be entered into a pathway for permanent change to become more and more like Jesus, who was humble and lived a simple life. Well, sometimes we ramble on and on about things because they're a little bit hard to grab hold of. But I think gratitude is one of those things that is as basic as as we sit down and we eat good food and we say thanks. Uh, So I hope that you adopt these spiritual disciplines. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast or uh, join the community uh, that I'm trying to build around these value-add conversations, um, you can go to our website or uh, Facebook page, uh, or you can just message me as well. All of those are uh, accessible through the show notes, and uh, we just appreciate uh, your support. And next month, be looking forward to the next podcast in this mini-series on simplicity. And then I'm really excited that next month I'll announce uh, my next set of mini-series, and I'm looking forward to that. Again, if you have any input for people or conversations that I should get a hold of or get with, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks.
Thanks for tuning in to Value Add. For more great conversations and insights, visit valueaddconversations.com.